Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Because this pedal just does so much in, yeah. when you when you back off the guitar and in its touch sensitivity, and I'm, I'm blown away by it. And it and it costs a really reasonable amount of money. So stay listening, audience, if you want yeah. to find out what that pedal <laughs> is and, yeah. and 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 why I'm currently in love with it. Greetings! Welcome to another Guitar Smarts podcast. This week, Kieran and I are discussing pedal boards, pedal board basics, how to build a pedal board, what things to consider, um, and all the information we think you need to do and build your own pedal board for the first time. Uh, or maybe you're an experienced guitarist and you've got a lot of pedals and you don't really know how to set everything up. Uh, or you maybe you're looking for some inspiration on uh, what things to change, what things to experiment with and try out. Uh, we're talking about it all. Now, this one was a long conversation, Kieran than I had. I think we spoke for about an hour and 40 minutes, so we've split this into two parts. Part one is this week, and we'll get on to part two next week, so keep your eye out for that one. As always, come and follow us on our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts, and also come and say hello on Instagram. Our handle there is at guitar underscore smarts. Come and give us a like. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and enjoy the show. Let's get to it. Hello, Kieran. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How's your week been? Yeah, it's been it's been good. Uh, it's Easter uh, now. It's uh, it's Good Friday today uh, in the UK, so no yeah. no work today, which is brilliant. And uh, kids are very excited about Easter, which is which is good. And uh, with the new lockdown uh, rules that we've got here, I'm actually able to uh, within a, a childcare support bubble send my kids away for a couple of days to their grandparents for a sleepover. So I know. Man, it's been a long time. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, they're going to go, away, and they're so excited as well. They're going to have oh, a few days uh, with their grandparents who who dote on them. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to a nice long weekend, a uh, couple of days with the kids, and a couple of days without the kids, just to play some guitar and spend some time with the wife. Maybe yeah. maybe have the first barbecue of the year. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So my my week has been busy thinking about uh, what we're going to chat about today, which is which is pedal boards, which is which is brilliant. 
brilliant. I think I've got some stuff to learn from you as well on this because um, I'm still I still feel like I'm at the the, the edge of a, of a of a of a journey with this. And uh, and then yeah, looking forward to the weekend ahead of me. How about you, mate? How, how have you been this week? Yeah, I've been good. I've had a busy week at work. It's always busy when we've got the Easter weekend because mm. we're trying to get five days worth of work done in four. But other than That's that, it's been really good. Looking forward to a nice long productive weekend. Um, doing DIY my weekend. I was gonna just, say, you know, when you're renovating a house, you kind of <laughs> it's always something to do. We've had the, we've had the main bedroom plastered this week, so um, oh. you know, it's all the skirting and architrave and stuff like that this week. But I'll make some time for playing guitar. I always do, um, and you know, geeking out on things as, as, as we do at home with our guitars, and always looking at what else I can have, which is a, which is pedals. It's always pedals, right? I'm always looking at pedals because. For me, having a guitar seems like a really big choice, but pedals mm-hmm. is kind of pedals almost seem like a frivolous thing that you can kind of chop and change all the time. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so this week we are discussing pedal boards, uh, which is, as I've just said, it's something that's constantly evolving and changing. You know, if you're a guitarist or a working guitarist, you've probably gone through lots of different pedals, lots of different um, choices and sounds, and trying to, you know, change and improve your sound using pedals. Uh, we wanted to discuss how you can make the most out of your pedals and your pedal board what you can do to improve the setup that you have if you're building your first board what tips and trips tips and tricks um you should know about um and how you start building a pedal board really and we've kind of decided that there are some main areas for consideration you know when you're building a pedal board um and we're going to approach it from from that point of view of you know if you're a first time pedal board builder you know maybe you've used some pedals for gigs or you have a few pedals at home and you're sick of taking them apart and putting them together you know maybe you should put them on a board and set up a you know a single unit that has all your pedals on um so that's that's what we're going to talk about this week so kieran you've probably had you've had a number of different pedal boards over the past i have mate i have and i think this is the first time in uh in my kind of uh, gigging career and playing career where i've actually really got into a proper bespoke built pedal board Uh, nothing like uber fancy you know there's still you know stuff that i'm not doing with pedal boards like you know um switching uh and and all the kind of complex stuff that that i could be doing but i went through a history of and i think a lot of people start like this with like multi-effects units <clears throat> and floor-based multi-effects yeah. units because they're really cheap they're really accessible and they they come loaded with like bags of different presets and customizable kind of banks that you can create your own tones from so as a first kind of foray into guitar effects i definitely think you know even going back a couple of decades when the first kind of floor-based effects pedal started to come out from the likes of, of zoom and kind of boss and uh art cog. I, I remember i had, cog, I had a cog, cog. cog. yeah i had a yeah. cog floor floor multi-effects unit which was really cool and i used that for years i even i even used that when i was gigging you know at some point yeah i did i used like a zoom and i still got it in the in the loft just for more the more the kind of um kind of just the memories of of gigging it really uh are you a hoarder are you are you uh, i i'm not as a general principle no No. i don't i don't really like hoarding stuff i kind of have in general i have a philosophy like if i haven't used it for six months to a year i'd rather somebody else get some use out of it or or it gets 
recycled or it gets sold or something. But there's certain things that have got sentimental value, <clears throat> which I'll keep hold of, right? So long as it's not taking up too much space. But I kind of force myself to get rid of stuff if I don't, if I don't need it. But you know, like it, like anyone, some stuff I, I keep. And that Zoom 1010 that I, that I bought when I was like 15 or 16, I, I that, that served me for so many years for gigging and for some studio stuff with bands that I was in, you know, through college and things. And I remember, I remember, you know, being in a studio with it and, and an engineer going, what is that? That sounds amazing. That sounds mm. really great. And I was like, well, it's, it's like this little kind of floor-based multi-effects thing that came out and it was 120 quid at the time. He's like, that's, that's amazing. Why would people, you know, go and have like bespoke pedals and things when you've got like everything loaded into it? So I think, and that technology has advanced and advanced over the years. And, and I and I went through the whole Line 6 phase uh, and, um, you know, now kind of dabbling with Spark Amps and modeling in that regard still. I think I think there's a, there's a there's an absolute place for it and the technology keeps getting better and better. So I've I've gone through a lot of different effects options. A lot of it has been the modeling stuff and the floor-based units from from those kind of manufacturers, but it was you that kind of got me really thinking about pedals and and putting together uh I don't want to say the word proper pedal board, but but you know, a, a kind of a more bespoke pedal board that has some really distinct sounds in it. Um and I think there was some guitarists well, I think there was definitely guitarists I was listening I would li- I listened to at the time uh, of building my first pedal board where I was like okay that person plays that pedal to get that sound and therefore I'm gonna try and put together a pedal board because we all want to sound like like you know people that we we admire absolutely yeah so that's kind of my background with it and you know I've, I've put together what I think is a really decent gigging pedal board but things go onto it and come off of it and I think it's one of those lovely things where you can just keep customizing it and tweaking it and you know satisfy your gear acquisition syndrome by buying another pedal here and there because it's not it's not too expensive unless you start playing in the in the real boutique kind of realms so yeah i'm I'm kind of getting really into pedals and experimenting and enjoying finding inexpensive pedals that give really great sound um so yeah that's kind of where i'm at but you you play around with a lot of this stuff and buy a lot of different things off ebay and you always have this one in one out philosophy and i've seen you with loads of different pedal yeah considerations <laughs> over the years so i've so, tried all kinds of different things but yeah, as, as you said i've i've always had this kind of one in one out mentality i try not to keep things too complicated um, because in my mind as you know there's a number of issues that um I, th- I find it harder to kind of control the sound of of what i'm trying to achieve you know if i've got too many options i think that's just lack of time spent you know with a board often you know i haven't had the chance to really set things up at home so if i'm going to a gig um i don't want to spend ages before the gig trying to get everything sounding right i just want a simple system that sets up quite well and also the way i play i like having a lot of the sound from the amp itself mm-hmm. and then pedals is just kind of a bit of salt and pepper rather than some people like having you know um kind of a clean platform from their amp and using the pedals for the sound um, yeah i'm 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 that in that latter yeah i love the sound of my amp yeah and it's a really lovely pedal platform and it's got a great clean channel sound that takes pedals really well and then i and then i shape my tone with different you know stages of, of of pedals but i'd love to i'd love to be liberated enough to just rely on the sound of the amp and play the amp with a couple of pedals here and there just to push things a little bit and rely on the guitar tone and and volume knobs to also you know uh, be part of that whole interplay a little bit more but i don't know in, in, and i do that at home when i'm practicing and messing around but when it comes to a gigging situation i just like something more predictable and more yes. kind of like i think reliable is not the right word but it's kind of just it's, it's one less thing I have to worry about, right, or think about too much. It's I can, 
I've become very used to it. And maybe this is over years of just having floor-based effects units and, and uh, multi-effects units where I've become very accustomed to hitting a, a button in, at my feet and yeah. getting the tone that I need so that I, I can then think about what I'm playing rather than having to uh, constantly dial in different sounds and things. But I'd love to get to that stage where I'm playing the amp. Yeah, I think it's... it's I'm not particularly great at it, but I, I like I, I like the fact that... I guess it's I guess it's kind of as you adjusting the volume on your guitar to get your clean sound rather than your dirty sound or um, uh, instead of pressing on a pedal. I kind of like... The, the reason I like that is it kind of takes the step out of the, the sound change. You know what I mean? I, a part of it also comes from being a, a, a Clapton fan. You know, who grew up listening to, you know, the the late eighties, early nineties Clapton, um, which were this is only a few years after he's got that um, mid boost in his guitar, and I love the sound of him kind of you can hear him winding that up as he's going into a solo. I like that kind of smooth transition between lead and rhythm and clean sounds, and likewise, sometimes when I listen to guitarists and you can literally hear them stomp on a pedal, and you've just got this burst of sound. I'm not a big fan of that. Mm. So, so really, that's why I kind of like you know, playing in a way where you're kind of, you're affecting your sound more with the guitar than the pedals and the pedals are there just for the extra bit of gain maybe that you need or for a little bit of effect or time and space sounding effects. So yeah, so I I, I started off kind of just, I mean, when I first started gigging, um, I just had an amp and an overdrive pedal that was battery powered and I just literally throw it on the floor for a gig. I think it was a Boss Blues driver. Um, and then as I wanted more stuff, I was kind of getting fed up of having this bag of things that you tip out on the floor <laughs> and try and connect them all together. Have I got batteries for this? And then you start to realise that, the you know, the board is something that you need to create a single unit. It's, it's kind of like you don't want to assemble your amp every gig. You you want exactly. to put your you want to plug your amp in and it works. It's the same with the pedal board. You don't want to yeah, have to yeah, assemble yeah. this chain of things together. You just want to put it down and turn it on. So yeah, so so my first pedal board was super simple. I think it was just kind of a chorus, a, a distortion, and a delay. Um, and it's not that much different now, to be honest. I mean, I've never really got um, very complicated with a pedal board. The most pedals I've ever had really is probably five or six, and even that was was plenty. Um, you know, two or three gain stages. Um, you know, a couple of maybe a delay, and then maybe something like a um, a tremolo and a and a chorus. I love a chorus. I've always loved the sound of a chorus. <laughs> <laughs> it's great but i yeah so my kind of um the biggest departure i made from a standard pedal board was i i once bought a tc electronic nova system which is okay, kind of yeah. like a multi fx um but you can also set up presets um and it's got a lot of effects built in time and uh space kind of effects and choruses and it's got boost and overdraw and that was cool but yeah since then i've gone back to just having normal pedals but what what's on your board at the moment yeah so not not too dissimilar to you mate i mean i I was always very simplistic in my in my setup, particularly in the early years of gigging. It was a Marshall uh, with uh, kind of two or three channels on on the Marshall, depending on what, which Marshall I was using. And it was a wild pedal on the floor, and and sometimes a tuner, and, and that that was it, right? <clears throat> and I and I just relied on the clean crunch and lead tones of the amp. And so I've I've never been somebody that's massively into loads of layers of effects and loads of different uh, modulation. But my board now. Is so I've still got 
a Marshall amp, which I which I, I keep for if I'm if I'm really wanting to play some kind of full on rock and get that Marshall sound. But by and large now, I, I try to go for as versatile a rig as I can, so that I can I can create Marshall esque tones or very kind of clean uh, Fender style tones. Uh, and I, and I try to have a more versatile rig that allows me to do that. And I use pedals to help shape shape that tone. So it'll again depend on what guitar that I'm that I'm putting through it. Yeah. Um, whether it's a humbucker guitar or a single coil guitar, but but generally, at the moment, my my kind of main gigging rig will be a, a single core guitar, uh, like, like something like a Strat, and about two or three different um, overdrive pedals, which I like to kind of gain stage. And we'll talk about we'll talk about that and what that means. And uh, yeah, chorus like you, I always always love to have a bit of chorus available um, and a delay pedal. Uh, a wah pedal is always always on there as well. You know, I keep a looper on there, but that's just for kind of home use, practice use, really but it just out of convenience there's a looper at the end of the signal chain I, I also have got a volume boost pedal on there as well <clears throat> which I do rather lazily um, employ for uh, cutting through the mix for solos but I, but it, I try to avoid exactly what you described which is that um, that almost you can hear it click on and you can hear it completely change the sound of the of the guitar I try and have it just a very subtle non-colouring just slight volume lift which mm-hmm. you know if I was if I was a bit more competent i should probably just do from the from the volume controls on my guitar because that's all it's really doing it's just giving a slight push to the sound to help cut through the mix for a solo but it's a pretty simple board there's you know <coughs> six yeah there's about eight eight or nine pedals on there mm-hmm. uh, and i switched the, the drive pedals in and out depending on what the gig is so i mean I, I built my first pedal board based on the kind of john mayer i was really into and still am into john mayer as a player and i wanted to try and replicate some of the sounds that he had not just because I wanted to play John Mayer's songs and sound exactly like John Mayer that kind of soundscape and some of the the tones that he had I thought actually they, they will lend themselves really nicely to the band that I'm playing in or yeah. if I'm playing for a function band it, it, it covered a broad range of spectrums right so that's that kind of approach to a pedal board and, and picking pedals in that in that way was was kind of first instigated by by looking at his pedal board and actually thinking to myself that's quite accessible for me and that's quite and it makes sense there's nothing too fancy there's nothing too complex on that pedal board it sounds like a really sensible practical rig you know a few different stages of, of overdrive for your kind of crunch sounds and then your mm. kind of lead tones and then some delays in chorus just to kind of add, add a little bit of, uh, of different kind of dynamics to, to your sound so so yeah that's that's what's on my board at the moment and I don't think that will change massively I've I see and I, and, I, and I definitely cover and would love to try out some of these pedal boards that I see on 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 social media where they're kind of multiple layers of pedals hidden underneath yeah. kind of different layers <laughs> and levels and then it's all rooted to a, to a switching system at the front mm. and you just go wow I wonder I wonder what that's like to, to play through but I don't know for me that's even though I have a, a need to shape my tone through pedals that to me then starts to feel like it's getting in the way of the time that I've got available to play and practice because I'd just be forever fiddling around with, with, with the setup yeah Absolutely. And arguably there's creativity in restriction, isn't there? 
as well, you know. And sometimes um, it's good to think about what you can play with less and to be more creative with less um, than it is to think, well, you know, if I have more pedals and more sounds, then I can be more creative. You know, there's a, there's a lot of creativity in that restriction. I think so too. There's there's a pedal that's really uh, typified that for me, and we'll talk about it when we get to the types of pedals that we're going to put on on this board that we're going to hypothetically build with with the audience, right? In this in this podcast, yeah, which will probably which will probably turn into a two part. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the rate that we're going. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I bought this pedal, uh, which you, which you asked me about, and it's a it's a it's a clone clone uh, of which I've tried a few over the years. But this one has just kind of made me go, "Oh, Matt's right. You can get away with just like one pedal and and an amp and a volume yeah. settings on your guitar for a gig <laughs> because this pedal just does so much in yeah. when you when you back off the guitar and in its touch sensitivity. And I'm, I'm blown away by it, and it and it costs a really reasonable amount of money so stay listening audience if you want to find out what that pedal is and yeah. and 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 why i'm currently in love with it yeah well let's let's talk about the pedals themselves right actually i should just should just say you you just mentioned your board i'll just quickly talk about my current board which is super yeah, simple please. um but i do want to add just two more things to it so um my board is currently simply i've got a tc electronic ditto looper which is obviously only for home use i'm not you know i wouldn't use that in a gig situation uh certainly not with a band then I, I go into tc electronic spark boost the mini boost version which i've spoken about before on some of the early podcasts um i really love that because it's just a straightforward level boost um straight into the front of the amp and more so um in terms of functionality it's got this great momentary feature that allows you to rather than just click it on and then click it off if you keep your foot on it it will come on but then when you take your foot off it will go off so it's quite a quite a nice little kind of ergonomic feature especially if you're like me were for, for a lot of my gigs currently I depth for wedding bands and it's often single guitarist so I'm having to do on some songs you know both both lead and rhythm duties and sometimes moving between the two classic example being Johnny Be Good you know that chorus you're chugging away at the rhythm and you're doing that little lead line all at the same time so having something that's as versatile as that's really good and then other than that I just have a TC Electronic Sky Surfer reverb pedal which I just have set to a fairly quiet spring reverb and I have that in the loop of the amp which is also a pedal so i've got the orange terra stamp or terra stomp terra stamp terra stamp orange terra stamp amp pedal which is a 20 watt amplifier in a pedal format so i have that on my board and the reason i chose that is one it sounds okay <laughs> it's not amazing sound but it sounds okay i i quite like the sound of of the kind of pushed clean sound you know just going yeah into dirty. definitely it's loud enough for gigging and um and it's on my board it's super lightweight so what i bought to accompany it is a DV Mark Neodymium 12-inch single speaker cabinet, which weighs about seven kilo. So now I have a super lightweight rig. So that the you know the main reason my board and setup is the way it is at the moment is just for um, you know convenience really um, that I can get a decent sound out of it. But what I want to add to it is another gain stage because I want to get um, a better overdriven sound than the amp gives me, um, and then I can have the I can have the overdrive as kind of my um, you know thicker distortion sound, and I can use the T electronic spark booster boost volume for solos. Um, and I want to add another delay into the loop so that I've got reverb and delay. I kind of like time and space effects more than I like modulation, yeah, um, yeah. like tremolo and, and things like that. I like the sound of a room. I like the sound of being in a space. I think 
that's more moving than modulation effects. So, but do you think adding in? Do you think adding in that additional overdrive pedal will then get you to a point where you go, okay, this sounds really good now? Because you described it as saying it sounds okay. I, I mean, I can't yeah. imagine anything that you you will play through will just sound okay. I'm sure it will sound fantastic, <laughs> but um, I, I guess what you're doing is comparing it to other rigs and other amps and things that you've had, where you're kind of thinking, okay, well, this is a now a more convenient rig and setup for me, and versus other things that I've had in the past, it sounds it sounds okay. Yeah, but, yeah, but you're trying you're trying to get a little bit more out of it now. I'm trying and, and exactly, yeah. So it's it's it is a great sounding amp often by itself, but it doesn't do everything that I that I want my rig to do. There are some, um, I mean, it's it's high gain sounds are fantastic. It's low to mid gain sounds are fantastic, but that kind of creamy, you know, kind of almost fusiony sounding guitar, you know, sound isn't in it. You know, if you think of kind of like a Dumble esque, you know, overdrive, you think of kind of like somebody like Robin Ford who plays and he's got a very smooth lead sound that's not a high gain it's not low gain it's just smooth punchy kind of immediate sounding it doesn't have that sound in it um, and, I, and I think you know obviously I'm going to have to get that from a pedal um, which is fine um, I also have another idea for that for maybe a few years down the line but we'll talk about that in switching later on alright cool so, so I'll tell you what's on my board then so yeah. I've got I've got um, so my, my amp is a, a Blues uh, Deluxe Reissue <clears throat> which is a uh, it's a one by twelve, I think. Yeah, it's a one by twelve. Uh, I've upgraded the speaker in it. I think the Blues Deluxe uh, reissue by Fender is an absolute cracking amp. It's forty watts, uh, all valve, two channel. Uh, the clean channel in it is epic. Uh, one of the things that was always commented on on this amp is that the Eminent speaker, the stock Eminent speaker in it, is a little bit harsh on the on the top end. And I certainly found that uh, it's, it's a really lovely amp, but certain volumes and in certain rooms when you're gigging it, you can feel a, a almost slightly ice picky kind of treble um, every now and again with the amp. So really simple mod uh, is I, I changed out the speaker and I put in I think I put in the Cannabis Rex uh, speaker, which there's loads of stuff you can Google it on, on YouTube or whatever but that for me sounded like the right uh, combination with, with that amp and I must say it absolutely transformed the amp the low end is credible now and that, that harsh top end that was there occasionally has completely been smoothed out, it's brilliant so in terms mm-hmm. of amp, I'm absolutely delighted, it's the right size for me it's not too heavy considering at one point I was lugging around 4x12s and or more kind of 2x12s and things this is like much more convenient it fits in the boot of the car really well but it's a Fender all valve 40 watt amp so there is so much headroom when you when you need volume but on the board then to kind of shape the tone I go I go from a, a I've got a Line 6 wireless kit uh, like the G50 I think it is uh, wireless kit it's the, it's the all metal one so it's, it will it definitely stands kind of some some gigging pressure <laughs> and I've got um, uh, a polytune a uh, little mini polytune tuner which I think is brilliant it's one of those ones where actually you can obviously tune the individual strings and it'll tell you you know how sharp or, or flat you are but it also enables you to strum all six strings in in one go and it will yeah. then come up with a readout that tells you where each of those six strings is relative to, to kind of uh, <laughs> that's cool so isn't it? We, and it works and it actually yeah. does work it does yeah. work uh, and then I've got uh, three different gain stages at the moment. There is uh, the first kind of always on pedal is this mystery pedal that I'm going to going to tell you about later, but it is a clon clon clone. Uh, and then into a blues driver. And then I've got at the moment I've got the super badass by MXR as the kind of most aggressive distortion, and that's to give me some almost kind of like harder rock Marshall kind of type tones from this setup, and it works it works really well. Uh, and then I've got a bunch of um, 
Mua mini pedals, which I think are really, really great for the mm. for the for the sound quality and price balance. So Mua M double O E R, um, really uh, well made, all metal casing, uh, and they've got I've got a, a kind of <coughs> delay chorus and a and a clean clean boost there as well. And and I've also just bought uh, the mini uh, reverb pedal that they that Mua make as well. So yeah, there's a whole little kind of Mua set of pedals going on there, which is great. And then the Ditto Looper at the end. So again, a mixture of some more you know expensive pedals, but also some really affordable that that have served me really well and haven't broken down at all. But then I've got a bunch of other pedals across the other side of the room, which kind of go in and out. So there's like a TS808 Tube Screamer. There's the Love Pedal Super 6 DV Mod, which I've spoken about before, which is a brilliant, brilliant pedal. Uh, the Proco uh, Rat uh, <clears throat> reissue pedal, phenomenal uh, distortion pedal, absolutely mm. superb pedal. Really, really fond of that. Uh, there's the Soul Food um, by Electro Harmonics. Again, it's another con, uh, type pedal, and and then the Biang Ato uh, OD8, which we've spoken about before. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so all of those that I've mentioned that are not on the board at the moment are just different drive pedals and overdrive pedals. And anyone that's got into kind of pedal board and, and messing around with pedal boards invariably has an addiction buying drive. Pedals. And I'm and I'm I'm no different. So yeah, you kind of swap in those different uh, drive pedals to create the combinations of crunch and lead tones and things that that you want. So sorry to interrupt this super interesting conversation. However, if you've made it this far, you should probably subscribe to the Guitar Smarts podcast. You can do that in your favorite podcast app. Go and do that now, and then come back to the show. Let's get back to it. Cool, man. So that's so. This is these I mentioned earlier on. There are five main areas of consideration if you're building a board or mm. um, or, or taking what you have and, and turning it into a pedal board. And that first, the first one is the pedals themselves, right? So we've just discussed the pedals that we have. Um, it's important, I think, to 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 do that first before you actually turn it into a board. I think you should have your your sound and your setup considered and, and decide upon it first. You, know, you should get the pedals that you like. Try the ones out that you want to try out and build a, um, a, a rig on the floor that, that you like that's got all the effects in the order that you want um, and before you then move on to putting things onto a board um, so when, when you were building your pedal board did you did you experiment with your signal chain with positions of things absolutely know? yeah absolutely and that was on your advice uh, yes. as well and through reading reading some of the articles because I must admit having come from a background of kind of floor-based multi-effects units you don't have to take that into consideration the actual sequence of, of, of pedals. I mean, it, it, with some of the Line 6 stuff, they kind of teach you the theory of where those different modulation effects and space effects yeah. should sit relative to, to distortion pedals and things like that and if you're creating a, a you know, series of patches and things. But you've really got to think about that when you're, when you're putting together a physical uh, signal chain of, of pedals. So, yeah, you, you definitely helped advise me on that. So the first thing was uh, considering the, the kind of overdrive pedals and there is no kind of right or wrong with it there's some theory and there's some different principles to follow um i mean we've mentioned gain staging and there's mm. two kind of theories with this some people prefer to put the higher gain stuff first and then kind of uh in the signal chain in terms of order of what what the guitar sees first and then what comes out of the board that the amp then sees they prefer to put the higher gain pedals first and then kind of further uh, towards cleaner uh sounds yeah um I, I prefer gain staging the other way which is i like to have a kind of 
of sometimes always on, but that kind of just pushed amp sound as my first pedal. And then mm-hmm. that goes into the next kind of, uh, kind of layer of gain, which would probably be something like a cheap screamer type sound. Uh, and then that in turn then runs into the kind of, uh, the most dirtiest or distorted sound that I'll have at the end before I then start to go into my, my other effect, um, in the signal chain. So, and in that way, I've, I found it quite nice to be able to run different combinations of overdrives, you know, from those three drive pedals, you know, playing around with, you know, having one and three on or two and three on or just kind yeah. of, you know, gaining, building the gain uh, with different combinations of those pedals with kind of what we're talking about when we're saying gain staging and the order that you put them in. But yeah. to your point, playing around with those pedals and the order of them and figuring out how they interplay with each other as well as on their own, even when the other ones are off. Can have a can have an impact again based on if there's a buffer in one of the pedals versus it being being true bypass or what have you. So I think the best thing to do, exactly as you said, Matt, is before you start, you know, strapping everything down to a board, put everything out on the floor, try out the different configurations, read up on some of the theory around which order effect should go in and which ones you can kind of play around with the order. Uh, and we'll we'll go into a little bit of that on on this podcast, uh, some of the general principles. But but get all of that kind of figured out while you while you you've not got the board and sticking it down to, to kind of worry about. And then once you've got a good feel for how you would like it to all then kind of flow in terms of mm-hmm. signal chain, then you can start to kind of think about how to get it on the board and what size board you're going to need and where you're going to re- need to run power supplies from and yeah. all of that kind of shenanigans. Because changing changing the order of pedals and things like that becomes a lot more faff once you've already <laughs> stuck it all down onto a board. Exactly, exactly. So it's important to do that first. And, and gain staging is it is such an important part of the sound. I think it's the most important thing to get right on a board is the order of your gain type pedals because they react so differently depending on where they are with each other, you know. So, for example, um, let's say you have a, a volume boost type pedal, you know, like a, just a clean boost, um, that, and, and you've, you have that purely as a volume boost to push more. Um, and let's say you have something that's that's a, a, um, like a rat, like your Procore rat, that's, that's got a really distinct high gain sound and you might use that for for that very specific sound. Um, so if you have your clean boost after that, it's going to act like a master volume. It's going to act like you're turning up the volume on the pedal. The sound of the pedal isn't going to change. If, if it's a clean, if it's a true clean boost, that is, where it's not actually affecting the sound, it is literally just a volume change. Um, whereas if you have the clean boost before the pedal, then you're driving your guitar sound into the pedal more and mm-hmm. you won't notice as much of a volume increase because of the compression that's happening in the rat, but you'll notice again increase because now you're driving more signal into it and therefore it's distorting so that's really important if you're wondering why why doesn't my sound get louder when i click this clean boost into my rat or something maybe you need to swap them over and then the clean boost will give you volume but no and extra that's gain. how i did it yeah, yeah that's that that was your advice when i when i when i did it and i said look i want to I, I still want to be able to have a, a, a almost like a master volume on the board um yeah. to just push for solos and i remember you saying right you know get get the interplay with your different gain pedals in the right order and how you want to do that and experiment with how how, how they sound um, but make sure then if you want that, that that boost put your clean volume boost pedal after all of that gain staging so it, it's boosting everything after your most saturated lead tone um, so yeah that's 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 how I did it which which works really nicely it's just like a little exactly. master volume pedal on the board and that's, is... that's how I have mine set up so I have the clean boost kind of at the end of the gain um, well it's the only gain I have at the moment but, but whenever I've had 
had more distortion or more more dynamics based pedals like that it's always been the the clean boosters at the end it might not necessarily go from heaviest to cleanest but the clean boost whichever is meant to be there just to give more volume is always at the end and then and then we move into kind of modulation effects and and reverb effects um now a lot of people think your time effects should go in in the loop in and what that means is if you look at your guitar amplifier any guitar amplifier is a mixture of, of two things it's a preamp and it's a power amp and the preamp yeah. is where you affect your sound where you add gain or you know your eq and then what what comes out of that goes into the power amp and that's the section that converts it into a speaker level signal um a lot of amplifiers now have an, a, an effects loop which is basically just uh, it's a link into so the out it sends the output of that preamp through a loop where you can add pedals and then you can go back into the power amp so it means you can add effects that don't change the sound of the preamp um, and you can then just add effects to the finished signal before it hits the speaker Um, so a lot of people prefer to put um, kind of time and space based effects like reverb or um, you know delays and and echoes and things into the loop some people like to put them into the front of the amp again something to try out something to see what you prefer inevitably if you're putting time based effects or anything else into the loop that's more cabling so you know it does make the rig more complicated but I I would say um, I, I tend to stick to just the the usual of distortion and gain based effects into modulation based effects. Modulation being things like chorus, tremolo, phasers, um, all that kind of stuff, and then into time based effects. And I generally just like everything going through the front of the amp, unless it's yeah. reverb. And reverb I do like in a loop if, it, if my amp hasn't got reverb because if you've got the reverb before the front end, then when you if you hit a distortion or a drive pedal, you're going to also end up boosting the reverb, and you you might end up with everything sounding too spacey whereas if you have your reverb in the loop the reverb remains consistent even if you change the sound of what's going into your preamp ah, okay that's cool i hadn't fully appreciated that um with with reverb um i because i've generally always used the reverb built in with amps but i have just yeah. put a reverb pedal on my board and it's quite nice i've put it right at the end of the signal change yeah. it's the last it's kind of one of the last things uh, before the for the loop uh, and it sounds okay it sounds decent mm-hmm. but i haven't i haven't experienced Experimented it with it in the actual um, effects loop, so I'll, so I'll do that and see and see if it, if I get a better result. I remember uh, uh, talking to you about the the use of the effects loop for um, some of those modulation effects and and kind of time and space effects when I was setting up the board, and and we kind of talked through the theory of it and you know the, the theory that it is supposed to sound better and, and give a much truer sound of those effects if they're run in the loop rather than being affected by all of the different distortion pedals and things. I mean, clearly, if they are going to go outside of the loop and just be part of the signal chain they need to go right right at the end of, of the, the after all of your distortion but i tried it both ways i tried it um uh, in the front of the amp and i tried it in the in the effects loop and i didn't notice a huge difference if if, if i'm honest now it may just be the types of pedals that i was using or just the, the the way the board was set up but to me it then it didn't justify even if it did sound slightly better it didn't justify the additional cabling runs yeah. that would be needed to run from the send uh the effects send and return loop which if you're in a gigging situation right and you've got your board in front of you at the, mm. the front of the stage and your amp somewhere at the back of the stage even if you're not playing on the biggest stage in the world that's still a, a, a you know another 20 30 foot of cabling run between your board and the amp for, for potential signal loss 
and things, yes. and, it, and it just ended up with too many cables. So I so I didn't I didn't go down that route. But it's definitely worth playing with for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I, I think experiment um, trying. I think it's good to understand what the conventions are and why we have certain things in certain orders. Um, but experiment, you might find that you know you like going straight into a chorus, or you might like going straight into you know a delay effect before everything else. If that's the sound you're going for, I think it's important mm. to experiment. One thing to point out if you are the kind of person that likes the sound of a classic fuzz pedal like a you know a, a fuzz face type thing you know that that is a very old design of circuit they use very old technology um that that um that actually they they like to see a, a particular type of signal if you've got a fuzz face something to try out let's say you've got a fuzz face and a boss blues driver go straight into your fuzz face play you'll you'll love it you'll like the sound of it then try swapping it so that you go into a blues driver or something similar and then into your fuzz face and you'll notice whenever you step on the fuzz face the fuzz face sound awful um, and there's a reason for that so so some of those old type of distortion effects that use germanium and silicon transistors for their sounds they work based off a very specific signal which is the impedance that you get from a guitar um, so they drive that pedal in a particular way um, if you go into something like a boss blues driver or any kind of buffered pedal that isn't true bypass when it's off um, uh, then then the the pedal the fuzz face or that germanium or silicon type pedal doesn't see that same impedance from the from the guitar it'll yeah. see something completely different and it'll sound and react completely it will see the pedal before it rather than the guitar than the guitar and it'll it'll respond entirely differently um most modern pedals now have circuitry that account for that so that even if you're going straight from a guitar or from another pedal it'll work correctly anyway so that's something to consider if you've got like a, a fuzz face or you've made your own fuzz face or you know because they're quite simple to make um you should probably put that first regardless of what else you've got in your chair so so fuzz bass pedals like that have that you know that have germanium kind of circuitry yeah uh, within it put put those first is what you're yeah you're... exactly you might you might find if you've got something like a, a fuzz face or even like a um like an electro harmonics uh big muff that kind of thing that have got silicon or germanium circuitry um without the technology that kind of solves that problem for you um you'll probably find they don't sound right unless they're the first pedal in the chair um got you so that that's something you should remember as well so so we've got and what, we've what got, about sorry mate i was just going to say what what about um tuners and wah pedals do you do you have a view on where those should be placed in the signal chain um well um tuner i think is uh, i i'd actually say that's dependent on the type of music you have you play if you're in like a metal band and you've got a lot of high gain stuff going on it's probably good to have it at the end of your signal chain your tuner so that it mutes all the noise coming from any pedals that you've got um Otherwise, it's good to have it just at the beginning of the chain, so that you know it mutes anything going through the pedals whilst you're you're tuning. It doesn't really matter because you know your your mute your your tuner's going to mute your signal anyway. I actually don't have a tuner pedal. I'm quite happy to just use you know a headstock based thing, you know, like a uh, you know, like the TC clip on, or even like a snark kind of thing. I'm happy with those, and it gives me more room on the on the board. And also, actually, uh, there are some pedals out there that um, like uh, one of the pedals I had in the last couple of years um, to give me some more kind. Of modulation options i had the line 6 m5 which is just a single stomp box but it's got a load of the line 6 sounds in but it's got a built-in tuner so i had that as my tuner as well so i could just hold my foot down on the bypass button and then it, the tuner would come on it would mute everything so so it saved me having to have a dedicated tuner pedal on the board because i'm kind of like 
<laughs> I want the most for my money, right? And a tuner's doing the exact opposite of, of making a sound, which is what I want a pedal to do. <laughs> so I've always kind of like resented having a tuner on my board. It sounds stupid, oh, doesn't it? Was, oh, well, right. it's, it's all, there's like all, a lot of the stuff we're mentioning, right? It's, it's individual. And that's the great thing about building pedal boards. It's, it's you customize yeah. it to what you like and what you want. And, and I love that. For me, I wouldn't ever take that tuner off of my board. I, I love it because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm just a nightmare for changing batteries and stuff, right? And yeah. so so none of my pedals run on batteries for a start. It's no. all it was all powered up, right? And uh, I've got like two or three of those little snark type headstock tuners, which are brilliant, and they live at home, and I use them all the time for guitar setups and things like that. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But I just know that when I go out to a gig, and if that's in the gig bag, the battery's going to be flat on it. It's going <laughs> to just I, I won't have changed the battery. I won't have kept a spare, and so just to have a little mini ties a tiny little thing uh polytune uh yeah. on my board that's just one less thing uh and and i'm one of those people that even though i know i've set my guitars up nicely and they stay in tune but i just still like to like to check the tuning like periodically throughout the yeah. gig and, yeah, and just having absolutely. it on the board I, I can do that yeah that's a good habit that's a good habit to, to check your tuning regularly throughout a gig you should do that actually if you're listening and you're a gigging guitarist you should check your tuning throughout a gig regularly every few songs just double check it just and that's actually you know you're making a good argument there for the polytune aren't you which mm. is uh, we're not sponsored but this is that's a good thing to have a polytune for stamp on it strum your strings it'll show you every string's tuning not just you don't have to go through it one by one and if you that's see a it. nice big green smile upside yeah, down smile that's it. you know you're in tune for the next song so that's, that's a good it. point it's a good argument it's for having a pedal i should maybe do that <laughs> Right, courses for courses, absolutely. Exactly. I do. I, I do get what you're saying, and you like to go out with a fairly minimalist rig and minimalist board. So for you, space on the board is going to be premium, right? So if you exactly. if you don't feel you need need a need a tuner on the board, then you don't need it. Uh, and sorry, I, I was I was also going to ask you about wah pedals as well. Is there a theory yeah. as to where the wah pedal should go? I always thought it was one of the first things that the yeah, guitar one of the see. one of the first things again is the convention. Again, it depends on the sound that you're after. You there is a difference between putting a wah before and after gain pedals because a wire is a filter it is a it's something that it's kind of um it's a low to high pass adjustable filter really as you as you've got it in its heel position it's a it's a low pass filter so it's letting all the low frequencies through and it's cutting out things in the top and then as you move it forward to the toe position it's moving that filter that kind of chunk it takes out of the sound from the low up to the high Uh, sorry from the high up to the low so that it's letting through all the high frequencies and as you move it it kind of makes that you know wiring sound um mm. so if you do that straight out of your guitar it's going to feed that filtered signal into your gain stages and your gain pedals are going to then effectively be uh, they're only distorting those frequencies that are coming through whereas if you put your wire pedal afterwards then your guitar is going to be hitting the gain pedals and you're going to get a different gain sound because you're now hitting the gain with all your guitar sig- and then your wire pedal is going to be filtering out everything that comes out of your gain pedal so it's you're just changing the sound. They will sound different doing it one way 
the other because you're feeding different things into each pedal. Right. So, so it depends. You might actually try a wire pedal after you gain pedals and go, actually, I really like the sound of that. It's a you little like bit more it. kind of funky, yeah. a little bit more um, weird, <laughs> you know, because you're kind of doing things differently. Um, but try try out try out what Good you prefer. Advice. Good advice. I think that's one way where you can play around with it. I've had my head in a wire pedal this week repairing it for a customer. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, that's a story for another day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not an exact science putting pedals in, in order, but it does help to understand kind of almost on a scientific level what your pedal is doing because you can logically then think, well, you know, where should it then go based on it? Like, for example, a tremolo. If you've got a trem pedal, um, that should kind of go where your modulation effects are. But if you use a lot of time-based effects um, and, you know, if you've got, a, if you use a lot of delays for your sounds, maybe you've got a lot of ping-pong delays. I think it helps to try out putting your tremolo after your delay because you don't want uh, like a, this, this tremolo sound going into a delay and then all those different pulses that happen from your tremolo getting mixed up in the tails from your delay. You then lose the effect of the tremolo because the delay kind of evens it out as those repeats happen. Whereas if you put the tremolo after, then that pulsing effect happens consistently regardless of the repeats that you get from your delay. So again, it's a different sound. So it depends on what's important to you from a sound perspective, but you can really change things drastically um, by understanding what is it that this pedal is actually doing. And then you can think, well, actually, then if I understand that properly, I, I should be able to do this sound if I do things slightly differently. So so try and understand really what it is your pedals do. I think that, that is key to coming up with the right combination and signal chain. So yeah, so that's kind of, I think we've covered the first section, though, which is the pedals themselves. Yeah, exactly. And, and what order to try and put them in and where you can experiment with the order of those and and where you perhaps should stick to the, to the kind of um, traditional kind of part of where they fit in a signal chain to get the best result, particularly with something like some of the modulation and delay pedals and, in, and indeed some of the, the uh, kind of fuzz. So yeah, some, some good some good basic advice there now. And cool. we've, we've, we've played around with them on the floor with the cabling and, and moved things in and around before we've even considered putting them on a board. Well, that was another super fun conversation. I really hope you enjoyed it. Remember to come over to our social media pages, tell us what you think, um, ask us some questions, come and say hello, anything at all, share some information with us, give us ideas for podcasts that you'd like to hear and subjects that you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. And uh, brilliant. Thanks very much for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye.